Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. everyone and thank you as always for tuning in to radio harambe the companion podcast for our website jomboeveryone.com i'm dave mcbride from here in the beautiful spacious and climate controlled radio harambe studios and join me from somewhere in the world probably not climate controlled <laughs> no most is, certainly not is safari mike mike where are you today it's about as little as climate control as you could possibly get david well, that could I'm be a hint team. well that's at the Reserve National Maxis. Ah, uh, just a uh, reserve. Res- reserve National. Uh, say that last word again. Maxis. M A T S E S. M A T. I got to write it down. M A T S E S. Yes. Um. Oh, it's obviously. And he said National, so that's definitely. Gonna be Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Amazonian. No. Ah, Argentina. Dave, I am in a place that uh, Joe Rody just left recently Peru. Oh, wow. Really? We, we are studying the sword billed hummingbird. It is a fascinating little hummingbird. It is 12 centimeters in length. Half of it is made up by its bill. It, the bill is actually. About as long as its body, and it's obviously as a hummingbird, it uses it to get to nectar and stuff like that. But its its bill is so long that it has to um, sit at an when it's perching at unusual angles to keep its head up because it's very cumbersome. Really? Um, yes, and it eats uh, nectar like most hummingbirds. But it is a fascinating bird here in Peru. It now- sometimes it sometimes actually eats not only blossoms but it will eat insects spiders and the like now peru has quite an array of of uh ecosystems Mm -hmm. is this amazonian is this amazonian it's amazonian all right well be careful of the snakes mike you've got some you've got some you got some whoppers hanging around there (laughs) (laughs) on today's it's it's more of like the mountain forest just off of the amazon but it's still jungle Gotcha. On today's show, we're going to discuss all the news from Disney's Animal Kingdom and the rest of Walt Disney World. And then in our final segment, it's time for the first in our series of Disney debates. Wait for more information on that. But let's begin. I'm calling them, Dave, the Animal Kingdom throwdowns. Throwdowns. Okay. All right. Throwdowns. We probably just violated some sort of... uh, copyright there but uh so i uh, don't hopefully bobby flay doesn't re- listen to the show <laughs> so let's start with the local news mike there isn't a lot in quantity but we certainly make up with that in uh quality of discussing what what's going on here um mm-hmm. the orlando park news which is a site that we often uh point you to uh one of the things they do is every week or maybe even every couple of weeks they do a walk around uh and take just a, a dozens of pictures and they do enjoy taking pictures of things being built and trying to get the best angle they possibly can for construction and what's going on behind walls and we've got two subjects to talk about from this Mm -hmm. the first is uh let's let's start with pizza fari um, Pizza Fari, we know is being is was being refurbished, but we, more importantly, we know that a new table service restaurant is being built adjacent to Pizza Fari. And what we have in this report is the best look so far on the building um, mm-hmm. that that's going here, and it is massive. In it's my, bigger than I. Th- it's much bigger than, bigger I, thought, than I thought. Yeah, yeah. There's a big. Um, almost, I think I'm not sure if that's the entrance to it, but it's a grand kind of structure to walk into. And you know, I'm not sure what they're going with in terms of the theme. 
Um, I guess this is going to be part of Discovery Island as opposed to Avatar Land, which is right there. Um, although Avatar will be over the river, so I assume it's Discovery Island. And we still don't know much details in terms of the um, cuisine that they're going to be going with. No, cetera, nothing about that, yeah. But Pizza Fari should be reopening soon, so um, within the next week or so. So whatever they're doing um, will be done in terms of disrupting Pizza Fari service. So that'll be reopening soon. And what we all we have here, the only knowledge that we have here is the size of this building. So they are investing a lot of um, tables, a lot of area. They're, they're, right. they're, 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 it looks like this is going to be a large restaurant. So they're they're obviously investing some time and some effort into this as far as well as space. Um, they're building two rather large buildings, multi-story buildings. It looks like one of them has a second floor, though that's probably just an aesthetic thing. Um, yeah. but, but they're big. We have only got concrete and steel, so we have no hint yet on any sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. um, quality to this. Uh, and still no hint on what exactly we're getting, but uh, it's going to be big. And so I think while some people may have thought that this was sort of a side <laughs> a side note to everything that's going on at the Animal Kingdom, it looks like that might not be the case. It looks like we might be getting a good size restaurant, and usually that means they think that they're going to have something here that people are going to want to attend. So not, not only will it be good size, Dave, and, and just judging from the Orlando Parks, Parks blog, excuse me, uh, post. I mean, it, like you said, it's a big building in and of itself. But don't forget that it apparently they're building it right adjacent to Pizza Fari so that they can share a kitchen. So right. this might all be visitor space. I mean, it's hard to really tell yep. that right now, but I mean, it could be even bigger than you're you're saying. Yeah, it certainly appears to be visitor space because, as Mike was saying, we have some some pitched roof things here. It looks like mm-hmm. atrium spaces. One space certainly looks like there's a skylight there. Um, the other, the other sort of pitched roof to it. It's hard to really sort of see what's there, but it kind of feel. It kind of looks like it's going towards that same idea where, where maybe there's a skylight of some kind here. Um, there's also a. A, a nice architectural detail it looks like being built at the very front with another even higher building with another sort of peak and what looks like possibly a skylight area in there um you know it, it it's it mike's right it does look like this is this is everything we're seeing here appears to be guest space as opposed to uh kitchen space which is usually just sort of a square building sort of stuck on the side uh mm-hmm. you know out of view so maybe we we don't see that. Maybe that's on the other side of the building. We're not, you know, I'm, it's hard to kind of figure out where we're the perspective here and what we're looking at. Um, but if they're sharing a kitchen or sharing some sort of kitchen space, then uh, then that's like Mike said, that's already being built. And if there is some expansion going on there, it may not be so expansive uh, a project that we would see it in these small photos. Um, Okay, well, having said all that, let's now move up to the other subject in this particular post on Orlando Park News, and that is the store. We were discussing, you know, we've heard the discussion for quite a while about Disney Outfitters. There's an expansion going on there. Now it looks as though it's more than just an expansion. This could actually be instead an entire new um, retail space Mm -hmm. with its own name. Uh, there is a picture in here of a name called Riverside Depot. And what I want to say about that, Mike, is that all the stores on Discovery Island have signs. All the restaurants have those sort of ornate signs that usually have um, something that talks about the theme of each building, like a little like a little reference to the theme in the building as well. I, I shouldn't say talks about it. it. The sign itself is also themed like the restaurant is, and it's on the pathway rather than up on the building. This Riverside Depot is actually painted on the building itself. So we could be talking more about a aesthetic detail, kind of like Harambe, what is it, what is it, what's the hotel, Hotel Buradika, Right. right. Something like that written on the side of a building rather than just rather than it being the name of this location. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it could be. There's several different options here. So one one is that instead of just expanding out they're doing, they're adding more creature comforts Um, that they're adding instead of just 
Disney Outfitters more. They're adding actually a second store in Riverside Depot. It would be similar to um, what's going on in Harambe Market, where you have Mombasa Marketplace and Zawadi. I mean, you, it, it's technically two different stores, but they're sort of combined, and you don't really have a sense of, I mean, you know, they, they could be named one thing, but they're in this particular instance, they're named twice, two things. That could be what's going on here. Another thing could be that they are actually, or what you said is just sort of a theming thing, um, or maybe the whole place will be called the Riverside Depot. I mean, frankly, Disney right. Outfitters was a stupid name to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it doesn't have any any theme to the, or any kind of connection to the uh, to the Discovery. I, Riverside Depot to me is a much more interesting theme wise name. So I and it, on moments, you know, most of the places in Disney uh, Discovery Island are getting not only new color schemes, but new signs like Island Mercantile. So maybe, you know, once this is all said and done, all the Disney Outfitter signs will be replaced by Riverside Depot signs. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that that is possible. Uh, the Disney Outfitter sign is still there. We still see it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't been repainted or anything like that. So it may very well be coming down. Speaking of paint, Mike, we're getting a, a look now at a better look at the color scheme. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the both of us were critical of the change from that sort of brighter, more Caribbean look to a more earth tone look. Uh, we were both afraid of it being sort of blending in a little too much with the with the earth tones of Harambe. Um, but we're definitely not seeing that now. I, I think you're getting a better look at the um, aesthetic. The color scheme seems to be much more American, maybe even more Southwestern or Native American in the kind of, you know... <laughs> Maybe not even southwestern, but but that sort of more American earth tone. Um, you know, I like the old one. I think still a little bit better, but at least this is we're we're separating this here. Definitely, I mean, this is. I think our biggest criticism was with the creature comforts, which is where Starbucks was. I mean, that looked like it belonged in the Animal Kingdom Lodge, not Discovery Island. This one, uh, the Island Mercantile, which got the paint job, got the new sign. It's darker. It's more earth tony. There's like dark greens and dark blues and that kind of stuff. But I, I think Southwest America is a bad point, or almost Alaskan kind of maybe even too. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad at all. I'm, I, I don't I don't dislike the at least the island mercantile and what they did with the flame. Southwest American. Yeah, I, I think you're right about the Alaskan thing for sure. Folks, you can hear that we're having some connection difficulties with Mike. Um, we've actually come in and done this a few times to try to get it right. I guess the connection in Peru just isn't what we hoped it would be. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to try to plow through it. Thanks for being patient um, because there is only one other local news item here, and that is a big one. Um <sighs> Once again, D23 in Japan has yielded us some interesting <laughs> information about Avatar, uh, releasing new details, a new artist rendering, and even a name for the boat ride coming to Pandora. Um, here's how it's officially described by the Disney Parks blog. It's, quote, a family-friendly attraction called Navi River Journey. The adventure begins as guests set out in canoes and venture down a mysterious sacred river hidden within the bioluminescent forest. The full beauty of Pandora reveals itself as the canoes pass by exotic glowing plants and amazing creatures. The journey culminates in an encounter with a Navi shaman who has a deep connection to the life force of, of Pandora and sends positive energy out to the forest through her music. Now, there's not a whole lot you can take out of that, um, except that we're going to have canoes, and we are calling it family-friendly. That usually is code for C-ticket or D-ticket. <laughs> uh, often, not always, but, but it, it can be. Um, we're going to see audio animatronics, obviously. Uh, they released an artist rendering of which I didn't get much out of that, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, well, <laughs> well, the one th- interesting thing about the artist rendering is um, you could see Navi and you could see those horse creatures that they were riding at some point in time. So it's kind of giving you a flavor, at least a little bit at what's going to be there. And also it's very bioluminescent. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's what they're going for here. So, um, you know, this is an attraction that at one point was rumored to be on the chopping block. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but now, obviously, that's not the case. And um, they're still saying 2017 for this. Uh, we've heard some reports that maybe these things will be rushed open towards the end of 2016. But we're still seeing 2017 yeah. in these reports. Um, you know, I'm hoping for some more artist renderings as we get along further along in the process here. Um, I don't think the this art, like I said, this artist rendering doesn't say much to it. Um, I like the idea of the canoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's cool. So we're going to get a nice themed vehicle. Um, that's right. You know, and Mike already talked about the bioluminescence. I mean, it. it it's... I don't think you'll be doing your own paddling, though, Dave. I can, nah, I can pretty I much guarantee that. <laughs> I know. That's a big shame. That's a big shame. Uh, anyway, so it looks pretty well, exciting. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about it is just sort of, I mean, just from the, the description of, its, of it, is that, um, you know, you're going through this mysterious bioluminescent forest. I don't think there's going to be any outdoor section of it. It sounds like the entire thing is going to be indoors. Yeah. And so even if you're visiting Avatar Land at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll get some of the bioluminescence just by going on this boat ride. Um, you know, I still think it's going to be important to go there at, at nighttime and enjoy the whole park, you know, the whole land, I should say, being bioluminescent. But, you know, you're always going to have this bioluminescent section of the land. Yeah, that I mean, it does. It, he's one hundred percent right about that. So uh, that's it for the local news, Mike. Um, sure. We're, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the world news. Stay tuned. Hi, Explorer Mickey here. Did you know there are only a few thousand great green macaws left in the wild? There are such beautiful birds, but people are causing them to disappear. But we can help. The ARA project works to save the habitats for lots of different kinds of macaws. They also help rescue birds and even hatch baby chicks to keep the population growing. So we need to help them do all of that good stuff by going to the araproject.org and making a donation. Every little bit counts. Back to Radio Harambe. It is time for the world news. And with that, as always, Safari Mike. Mike, what do we got? Dave, today we're going to go through the rivers of the world and the Seven Seas Lagoon. But first, let's go to the Wilderness Lodge. Uh, starting on November 2nd, 2015, several of the offerings at the Wilderness Lodge are temporarily closed. Uh, one of the pools, the bike rentals, the boat rentals, the campfire at night are all gonzo for the time being. It's going to last at least a few months. Um, and guests staying at Wilderness Lodge are being directed mostly to Fort Wilderness, but also to the close-by contemporary resort for some of these amenities like renting boats and bikes and enjoying campfires and movies at night and that kind of stuff. Uh, this is all part of Disney's building the bungalows in the, in the, in the woods near the river that are going to be part of the DVC or the next DVC. Uh, I don't. I, I, this stuff is a shame that you lose it, but it is certainly not a reason to me. Not a, uh, it certainly is a, a, not a reason not to attend um, that particular uh, <laughs> resort. It's terrific, regardless of those things. I mean, it seems to be small, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, we're we're into these giant, very expensive DVC rooms now, or or you know, <laughs> rooms in general. Uh, so uh, it's we're just plugging along with that idea at this point. So. But yeah, it's good. To, you know, you like to see you, you like to see changes done, and let's see how these come out. Cool, Dave. Charming sea creatures have lit up <laughs> the Seven Seas Lagoon every night for more than forty years, and this is, of course, reference to Disney's electrical water pageant. Just for people staying in the next couple of months, November and December, um, if you are at any of those resorts on Bay Lake that enjoy it. Um, please note that it's the parade is going to start 30 minutes earlier than it normally does or has but on uh, Thursdays and Fridays from November 12th to December 18th. Um, it is one of my favorite things. It's one of the most underrated things, but uh, make sure you enjoy the electrical water pageant and its timing has changed a little bit. And certainly the best part of staying in Bay Lake Tower. What's next? <laughs> um, sure, Dave. Earlier, 
This week, Disney took the wraps off its brand new 28 in Main store, which is at the Marketplace Co-op at Disney Springs. Um, this is like an upscale merchandise line that includes mm. Disney Park stuff that has that is a little subtle in its references um, to clothing and, and things like that. There are leather messenger bags, shirts, caps, mugs, and even an Adventurers Club phone case and shirt. They, cool. If you, it, yeah, if you take a look at some of the merchandise, it's actually excellent stuff. I mean, it really looks there's like Matterhorn shirts and Adventurers Club stuff. It's really cool stuff. I would definitely check this place out. What's it called again? 28 in Maine. And what is that a reference to? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't even know. Huh, interesting. Okay, what, what's next? Uh, Dave, the Jingle Cruise has opened ah. at the, at, uh, instead, of course, the Jungle Cruise at the Magic Kingdom. Right. Um, it began um, again earlier this week, and it'll go through the Christmas season. It's an overlay of the Jungle Cruise. Very well received, I think, where they t- change the jokes and some of the de- decorations to um, Christmas stuff with a little bit of humor, as you would expect from Jungle Cruise. So that has started. Enjoy it soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- those little overlays are are always cool. I I, I like those, and and uh, you know, it's always always good to hear new jokes every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Disney has opened the second pedestrian bridge at Disney Springs that links the marketplace to Hotel Plaza Boulevard and Bonavista Drive. So if you're staying at one of those hotels that are on Disney property that are not really Disney hotels, um, like the Hilton and all of those, you'll be able to walk over very conveniently. You don't have to sort of dodge traffic like Frogger. Uh, You can just cross this bridge and get to to that. It's also going to be used by cast members as their parking lot is across this bridge. So, uh, you know, work continues on Disney Springs in opening that up. Uh, more parking garages are coming soon and all that kind of stuff. So this isn't for a parking garage. This is just to go over to that to those hotels. Correct. If you're on the other side and you need to cross, um, uh, you know, Bonavista Drive and Hotel Plaza Boulevard, which, of course, as everybody knows who's been to Disney Springs or, Disney, or downtown Disney, can be extraordinarily traffic you know, uh, there's a lot of traffic in those areas. Right. So having a bridge like this is actually a nice thing. Right. Cool. Excellent. Just a couple more things real quick, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Goofy is now appearing for meet and greets on the streets of America. Mm-hmm. The meet and greet is making use of some of the former backlot tour queue area, which was most recently used in, as a Mickey Mouse meet and greet. Uh, Santa Goofy comes out every day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then again from 630 till park closing. So you can have your meet and greet with Santa Goofy. Uh, who doesn't like Santa Goofy? Who doesn't like Goofy? Really? <laughs> Great point. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> Do we have more? Or is that it? One more, Dave. Okay. Uh, there was something interesting in the Disney earnings call from three days ago. Oh, or, boy. I didn't read know, this. Er- okay. Earlier this week. Park and resorts. The investments uh, in their parks continue to drive. This is a Disney announcement. Continue to drive higher guest visitation. Attendance at our domestic parks was up 15% in the quarter and up 7%, excluding the benefit of the third week. Disneyland in particular saw very strong attendance growth due to its 60th anniversary. Um, But the Magic Kingdom analysis showed that the attendance at that park alone was up 11.5% more this September and October than last year. So... Even though prices are going up and things are being constructed, attendance, at least at the Magic Kingdom, was up over 10% from last year. That is amazing to me. Really is amazing to me. Uh, yeah, because as Mike is saying, w- was saying there and hinted to, uh, you know, prices are going up. And, you know, one of the things I'm into right now is struggling over trying to figure out how we're going to pay for park tickets when I'm in the park for a couple of mm-hmm. days. Because um, prices are going up and it's getting getting much more expensive, and and yet we we're not having any drop off in attendance whatsoever, and and mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to see that, you know. And as the attendance goes up, price goes up. I mean, that's just what happens. So so uh, you know, good news for Disney, bad news for the rest of us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we, we talked about it a lot in yeah. in our show last week, yeah. where uh, we talk about the AP. Uh, price increase. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a simple fact of life that Disney is getting too many people at the park, and they're ha- going to have to do something. Yeah. Um, 
And one of the things they're doing is pricing the lower middle class out. And yep. that's just the simple fact of life. Yeah, that's that's 100% correct, Mike. 100% correct. So that's it for the world news? That's it for the world news. All right, Dave. so let's take a short break. And when we come back, it's time to throw down on Radio Harambe. Jennifer Green of Destinations in Florida is the official travel partner of Radio Harambe and JomboEveryone.com. Jen can do everything you need done in order to book your next Walt Disney World vacation and have the time of your life. She is an expert in everything Disney and will remove all the stress of booking your trip. And she is as committed to conservation as we are. So every vacation you book or even every quote you request means Jen and Destinations in Florida will make a donation to the Jumbo Everyone conservation effort. You can contact Jen directly by emailing her at jenniferg at destinationsinflorida.com or by calling her directly at 443-424-0181. You can also head over to jomboeveryone.com and click the Destinations in Florida icon to get your vacation started. Seriously, what can be better than booking a Disney World vacation while helping to save wildlife? Radio Harambe. It is election season, therefore debate season. So Mike hatched this wonderful plan that we are going to begin a series of debates tonight where Mike and I stand up for our beloved Animal Kingdom and Animal Kingdom Lodge in the face of those who find other places and other things a little bit more beloved. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. (laughs) So in the spirit of debate, we're going to have a very formal debate tonight, and uh, Mike and I have brought in two friends of the show to help us in this debate, and I'll explain to you exactly what their role is here, but first, let's welcome them. First, we have Scott, who has been on the debate before from the Dixie Landings Radio Podcast. Scott, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Now, Scott, you guys do the Dixie Landings Radio podcast. Where can we find that? Do you, you know, anything else you do? Uh, DixieLandingsRadio.com, Twitter, DLR Podcast, Instagram, Dixie Landings Radio, and pretty much anywhere you just go and do a search. Uh, we're out there. And it is a general Disney show as well as it is a, um, you know, a trip down in the bio, correct? Correct. Mainly Walt Disney World, but we do bring up other Disney aspects at times. And also joining us on the show from the wonderfully named Por Favor podcast, which starts off Spanish but doesn't end that way. It's Gary. Gary, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, Gary. Tell us about the Por Favor podcast before we begin here. Well, I will say that I know very little Spanish, so it's <laughs> not the it's not the most appropriately named podcast. But that being said, um, I co-host it with my cousin Mike, aka Jurgen or Eric or whatever he's called that week, and um, we just basically talk about nonsense and sprinkle in some Disney in there. In uh, in the meantime, but it's fun. You got to listen, kind of. A few episodes before you get the hang of it with us, or like uh, it would grow on people, I guess. That or turn sounds- them off immediately. I'm I'm kind of warning people against it. I, if I were you, I, I was would gonna- not listen to the podcast. You can go to, <laughs> you can go to our website. I don't listen to it. You can go to the website porfavorpodcast.pondb.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, just search for Por Favor Podcast. You'll find us there. I was going to say, Gary, that sounded a lot more like a warning than a plug. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I want people to be fully prepared. All right. So so here's, here's how we're going to do this. Um, Gary and I are going to moderate, essentially ask the questions of the two debaters. Insert... The t- insert uh, Beavis and Butthead laughs here um, anytime we use the word master debater, which Gary promised me he's not going to use very often. Um, you can insert your little laughs in there as well. So Gary and I are going to ask the questions of Safari Mike and of Scott. And the debate is Port Orleans Riverside or Kadani Village. Very simple debate. Here is the format for the debate. 
each contestant <laughs> makes it sound like a game show. Will uh, will get a need music for this a short opening statement while there's music playing. You just don't hear it yet. No, like game show music. Oh, that's the magic of uh, of editing later on. You just don't hear <laughs> there it. There you go. Uh, it, 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 where each contestant is going to have a short opening statement, followed by a question. And each question will also uh, be uh, each debater will be also offer the opportunity to rebut any of those questions. We are going to have four questions each for each of the uh, for each of the contestants, and we are going to begin with our opening statement. Now we very scientifically threw up a quarter that I had lying here, and uh, that decided who goes first. And Scott, you are first up. With your opening statement, tell us a little bit about Dixie Lanning's Riverside or Port Orleans Riverside. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip there, and uh, and your love for it and such. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen of the jury and podcast world out there, I'm uh, going to start off at my first stay ever at Walt Disney World was at Port Orleans Riverside, Dixie Lanning's at the time. Due to the size of my family being five, there was only a couple um, hotels on property that would sleep five, and that was the one that we fell. Um, would best fit our needs as a family. You see that a lot with other families. There's very few without getting into DVC and anything else, uh, minus the exception of the new Alls uh, Art of Animation and the family suites that they can sleep more. But the Bayou is, is a great place. You've got two different options. You've got the mansion or the Bayou, so you've got two different options of staying at one resort, but kind of two experiences. Um, it's a lot of down-home, southern feel, great hospitality, where Animal Kingdom Lodge... Absolutely love it, but it's a one-time stay, and, and that's it. Most people, they, they want their one deluxe stay, and then they go back to a moderate value. And for me, I've constantly gone back to Riverside. And Mike? Dave, I want to take you back years ago to when I would stay at resorts such as the Boardwalk um, Contemporary Resort and the like. And on the resort channels, they would play it. They would play. There was one channel dedicated specifically to Kadani Village and the construction of it, and trying to get you to buy the DVC there. And I could tell you right when, just from watching that channel, I knew I was going to love this resort, and I do. Every time I go to uh, Disney now, I at least have to spend some of my time at Kadani Village. It is the best resort. It has animals, great restaurants, um, kingpin, all the like. So that is why I love Kadani Village. And we will begin the formal question and answer portion of the debate right now. The first question is for Scott. Scott, this is a difficult question for me to ask, but I think it is important that we discuss this right off the bat. And that is the name change from Dixie Landings to Port Orleans Riverside, the controversy, the controversy behind it, and um, the reasons behind said controversy. Um, I, I, I guess my question to you would be: Is this a resort who, uh, you know, which the name change was appropriate? Um, does it should it bear any meaning upon your staying there? And does it bear any meaning upon the history of the resort itself and the uh, you know the the view of it, so to speak? No, and I think it's all Disney wants. To, obviously, they're they're a huge corporation, their business, and they want to stay polit politically correct. And you've got so many different groups out there that really try to sue for anything and everything. And because of that. You know, we don't have Song of the South, and that was a, a huge part of Dixie Landings when it came out. The, the mascots, I guess you can call it, of Dixie Landings were the characters from Song of the South. And then when that whole thing came up, uh, they, they decided they had to change it and put Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Riverside into one resort together. So I, I don't feel, um, personally, you know, not from the South, but living in the South, I think it's something that people just... They want to find anything and, and everything to point fingers at someone and make it change. And for that reason, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. It's not that it's really pointing fingers at any one race, group, really anything. Mike, your response. Politically correct is so boring. Uh, uh, Disney <laughs> made a big mistake by changing the name. Dixie Landings is a fun name. I mean, nobody really cares about. Um, it, you know, it's very different than, than the Song of the South movie, I think. 
I, I don't think anybody really relates Dixie Landings to you know race relations and all the problems we had back in the 1800s. They should have stuck with the name. They made a big mistake. All right, Gary, your first question for Mike. All right, as fans of your podcast know, Mike and Dave, that you are a big fan of the bread service at Sanaa. Yes. Now, as fans of my podcast know, I am a big fan of all food. <laughs> I, I will take, in my opinion, there is very little greater than a beignet. But now you have the bread service as your linchpin to stand behind. Explain to me why bread service is better than beignets. Well, first of all, the beignets at um, Riverside are below standard. They're not very good, I don't think. Um, I've had better donuts and beignets anywhere else. Bread service is something that's completely unique. It's not anything that you can get anywhere else. I can get a good donut at uh, Krispy Kreme. I, I can't that get... That is not correct, by the way. I can't get good bread service at Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that. I mean, this is something that's unique in all the different dipping sauces. There's a little bit from for everyone, all the different types of breads, and it really gives you a good... You know, a good sense of the culture, that kind of Indian slash uh, Eastern African flavors. And it's a wonderful meal, and it's one of the best on property. Uh, Scott, your response to that swipe at the uh, famous <laughs> food at uh, Port Orleans Riverside. Yeah, bread service, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely incredible. But that's just one thing out of a, a mass menu of, of different things where you look at the different food options. It's every different type of food from the South. And you've got jambalaya, you've got gumbo, you've got beignets. There's so many things that people think of Southern cooking. You've got all those things. If you tell someone, you know, what kind of African food do you want? They're going to sit there and look at you and, and probably not have an answer. So to just give one appetizer as opposed to a, a full menu, I think that kind of pulls against it. I would take uh, superb African Indian-inspired food over mediocre Southern food any day of the week. Now, Mike, I can't disagree. Now, now Mike, my first question for you. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. My first question for you is, uh, you know, Mike, isn't Kidani Village just the poor man's jumbo house? <laughs> oh no, not at all. Uh, and, and, you know, people, I guess, sort of see the lobby of Jumbo House as sort of grand in the Wilderness Lodge way. But Kidani is a little bit more quaint. But I think that just makes it better um, by being smaller in the lobby and it gives you more of a home feel. Um, and this is a DVC resort and that's what they're going for. Um, but you still have some wonderful animal views. You still have some wonderful dining options. You still have an amazing pool area. So to call it a poor man's jumbo house just borders on the ludicrous. Scott? <laughs> for one, I didn't know Kadani even had a lobby, so we'll start with that. And for two, you, you have to be a DVC member, so to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars and to have a, an essentially non-existent lobby, I'd be a little bit upset if that was my home resort. It's, 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 yes, it's, it's not as grand, perhaps, as jumbo house, but I think it's even better. And the little... King's Library right there and all that kind of stuff. It just gives it a nice feel to it. You really feel it like a, a, it's a great lobby, I think. Gary, before I throw it to you, I want to. I just want to send give the guys a uh, kind of a follow up here on this, and that is um, to kind of expand a little more on the idea of in general, you know, a DVC because we do have the the you know the two opposites of of um, hotels here. We have the DVC accommodations in Kidani Village, and we have regular room accommodations at um port orleans and i and i just guys i'm gonna throw it each to you um i assume you feel that one is better than the other or does it not affect either one of these to have these accommodations i mean how does the dvc and non-dvc thing play into whether or not these this is a good or bad resort to stay at well, who do you want to answer that first dave uh, scott you can go first since you're the one that threw down the, uh, the, the the DVC there? Well, DVC or not, anyone can stay at Riverside. Kidani, you have to be DVC in order to stay there, unless you're renting points or something else from someone. But when you compare the rooms, I mean, yes, obviously DVC room's going to be a lot better, but you're limiting who can even stay there. That's actually not true. You could stay there. You can you can buy, you can um, uh, book a hotel room at Kidani Village. Uh, having said that, it's going to, you know, the the... Standard price for a room is about four hundred dollars a night. I mean, 
I don't think anybody would spend that kind of money for any hotel room. But I mean, that's just the, <laughs> that's just the book price for a Disney room. And we all know, you know, how realistic that is. Um, but you can book a room there if you want. However, uh, being DVC and frankly, renting DVC points is the way to go. If you're not a DVC member, it's generally cheaper and it's actually a fairly economical way about going to Disney World and staying at the wonderful resort that is Kadani Village. So you're saying if you're not DVC, don't stay Kadani. No, I'm saying if you're not DVC, you could absolutely stay at Kadani. However, you can either spend $400 a night to book the room or go and rent <laughs> DVC points. You could do one of the two things, but you have a couple of different options. That's a that's a non-answer answer if I ever heard one. <laughs> so we will just get you over to Gary for the next question. Gary? All right. So now this I'm asking Scott, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Scott? You'll you'll sense a theme from my questions, and it's not all about food, actually. But um, I've kind of taken the best uh, something from each resort, and I want you to explain why yours is better. So, as we just talked about, Kadani Village has Jumbo House to piggyback on. Riverside has the French Quarter to piggyback on. What what does French Quarter add to Riverside that Jumbo does not add to Kadani? I don't know that you necessarily even need to look at what does French Quarter add to it. Riverside itself has everything that you need. You don't need to go there. You've got Yeehaw Bob. You've got Old Man River. You've got one of the best gift shops on property. Um, if you're going to look at what's, I guess, considered connected to it, I would say take the boat to downtown Disney. And Mike? Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing that really connects the two, uh, Jumbo House and Gadani Village, it almost makes them... One resort, kind of, is the animals. I mean, they, for example, they share one savanna, but to be able to just walk over to Jumbo House and, and enjoy different animals, um, it's a great way to spend an afternoon just walking and seeing the different savannas and the different things that they have to offer. Um, and there's also great food across the way, a, a mere, you know, either a short shuttle service directly to Jumbo House or a, you know, a, a walk to Jumbo House where you can go to Boma or you can go to Jico. It's very easy to get to and they complement each other very well, I think. I would say we've got plenty of good animals too. We've got horseback, you know, horse carriages. We've got alligators. We've got fishing. We've got ducks. I mean, what more do you need in the bayou? <laughs> Did you ducks. honestly just try to throw ducks up there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind you look at, right? Not the ones you grill. Exactly. <laughs> All right, next question. Now, this is a question for Scott from me. Um, this is uh, Scott. Shouldn't I go? Isn't it my turn to go first? No, I, it has to do with the fact okay, that uh, Gary and I each have to ask questions in equal amount to both of okay, you. Okay, go, go ahead. So I asked one of Scott and then one of you. Now it's time for me to ask one of Scott. Does that make sense? Uh, go ahead. Go for okay. it. Okay. <laughs> So, Scott, I'm going to take a little bit of exception with the way you dispensed of the naming of the the change in the name. Okay. It is hard not to see the uh, correlation, in my mind, between the plantations of the South and the um, what those mean to our history and the aesthetic criteria that the Imagineers used to build the mansions, especially in this resort, my que- my um, my question to you is two part really. First, am I incorrect in that? Uh, are, were they really not trying to um, model it after mansions, plantation mansions in the South? And two, if in fact they were, isn't there a large segment of our population that could be turned off by that, regardless of the political correctness that both of you seem to agree upon? Uh, we're not talking about political correctness in this question. I'm talking about history, really. Right. Um, and, and I just wanted you to, uh, to comment on both of those things. Yes and no. The plantations that Disney used in historical aspects of, of reference in building these weren't necessarily plantations that had slaves and everything else on them. Most of them were just wealthy landowners. Um, plantation in the past was, you know, essentially just the size of the home and the land with it. It didn't necessarily mean that, you know, they had slaves or they had, you know, something along those lines of, of helping run their property. Um, but you look at it, it's just a, an, an homage to the true South. And I, I don't think 
when you look at the history and the Imagineers background of their story with, with any of the resort, um, where they really trying to draw on, on that part of the American background. So, okay. So that makes sense. And, and I guess in a way you answered the second part of that question, which was, should a certain part of the population be turned off by it? Um, Mike, I throw it to you for your rebuttal. Sure, Dave. For for some reason, you are desperately trying to get Scott to admit that his uh, resort is racist. <laughs> I, no, this must, I, wait, Scott no. must feel like Donald Trump on MSNBC right now. I was just gonna say, this is going. Is Mike gonna do a Ted Cruz now and uh, just call out the moderators here? <laughs> I do not feel that Dixie Landings or Port Orleans Riverside is racist. Um, I wish they, like I said, I wish they kept the name, and and I applaud Scott for embracing. The Dixie Landings uh, name for his podcast. Uh, you know, it's simply not as good of a resort at Kadani Village, but I applaud Scott for embracing it. <laughs> and I think the next question, Gary, to you is for Mike, correct? Yes. <laughs> All right. This kind of goes back to what Dave asked before, but I'm just going to get down to brass tacks. You got it. <laughs> Why should I spend the extra money at Kadani Village? And I know you said you can rent the DVC points and it's it's pretty reasonable, but I've looked into it. It's still more than a moderate. What well, is the advantage of spending the extra money? Are the amenities worth it, truly, on a vacation where you're going to be out at the parks for well, the majority of your time? I would tell you that if you're going to spend time at Kadani Village, I would definitely spend time at the resort itself. I mean, it's really worth it. And if you're spending the extra money, it's totally worth staying there extra time, a little extra time. I'm, I don't necessarily mean even spending a whole day at the resort, but maybe spending a little bit more time to enjoy the um, the four o'clock tours, for example. It's a great way to spend uh, an afternoon after spending the day in the parks, coming back to the, the resort and getting the um, African-inspired Disney design tour for about an hour and get a good sense of the uh, art, you know, the artwork at Kadani Village. Also, a great thing is the actual the free food that they hand out to you, which I know, Gary, you're probably a big fan of free food. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do do uh, tours at Sanaa where you get to sample uh, some of the items there. The night vision goggles after a an evening um, eating at Sanaa are just fantastic and a lot of fun. And there's also, during the course of the day, if you have kids or whatnot, there's all sorts of free things, talks by the um, you know some of the, the cast members there from Africa itself about their country. Uh, you know, some handcraft things that uh, kids can do. I mean, to be honest, Kadani Village is a resort that you could easily stay in for two or three days and never go to a park and still have a great time. But, I mean, I, I know everybody at Disney is going to want to go to the parks, but spend some time at Kadani. It's worth the money because of those things. Okay, right, Scott, you're honest here. Okay. Dixie Landings Port of Riverside is a deluxe resort with a moderate name to it. You're going to save yourself 250 bucks a night to stay at that resort over Kadani. And everything that Mike just said, those are all things that any guest can do. You don't have to be a guest at Kadani or Jumbo to be able to do those. So save your money, stay at Dixie, and head over for the day and participate and do the same stuff. You're still saving a bunch of money. It's a lot easier to do that, though, when your room is right there. You just walk out and you know, enjoy the pool. The pool is much better at Kadani than at, uh, at Riverside. Um, you know, you can uh, we've got seven pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the pool at, at Kadani, it's a zero-level entry. I mean, it's got the kids' area, Samata, Sam, Samawadi Springs. It's a lot of fun. Okay, here is my final question for Mike. All right. Okay. And, uh, Mike, um, both, of these, um, both of these resorts have their uh, aesthetic and theming... Um, Triumphs, so to speak. You know, they've they've both have done a terrific job with with those things. They also have sort of um, their practical issues in some respects, um, as far as location and things to that effect. Um, most of the criticism Kidani Village gets is its location, how far away it is, right? That's what a lot, a lot of people criticize Kidani Village for. So what I want you to do and both of you to do is to discuss um, the aesthetics and whether or not the aesthetics and the theming is more important in picking a resort 
than the practicality of it. And by practicality, I mean more than just location. I mean all the things that come involved with that, such as, uh, you know, is your resort a more practical resort for a guest to stay at for food reasons or location, not just location, food, travel, transportation, all those kind of things, uh, layout of the resort, um, you know, which, which is yours better at, practical or theme, and which should yours be better at, practical or theme? Well, uh, this was me first, right, Dave? Yes. All right. All right. First of all, I'll dispute that um, Kadani Village is very far away from everything. I mean, it is right next to the greatest theme park in the world. Let's let's start off with that. <laughs> That's a p- pause from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, um, I think it's both very good at theming and very good at being practical. I mean, it's a great resort for all the amenities that I mentioned before. And the theming can't be any better. I mean, the theming in terms of Africa. I mean, it is a world-class African art museum that you're staying at. Um, It can't be a better theme. So which do I prefer? I suppose theme. But even if you as a guest prefer practical, Kadani Village is an amazing resort to stay at. And Scott? Well, you can't see Port Orleans Riverside from outside property, whereas I can drive down 192, 490, 429. I can drive down any of the roads. I can sit at my resort and I can see Animal Kingdom Lodge. So you're already taking that as far as being out, where Port Orleans, you're really, you're in there. You're transported to the bayou. You've got the two places. Plantations really take you to the true south. The bayou, you know, Alligator Bayou, it really makes you feel, you've got individual buildings where Kadani, it's, it's essentially when you look at it, it's a hotel. It's a hotel you know, hallways with room after room after room where it's more broken up, but it's, it's more, let's say romantic at Riverside. Um, and, and your proximity to everything. I mean, you, you're right in the middle of the entire resort. You're almost centrally located everything. So, you know, being close to the, the, the greatest theme park. Yeah, that's great. But when you can have all of them right around you, it's even better. I can't think of anything more romantic than a late night dinner at Sanaa and then going out into the and, and look at the night vision goggles um, at night. Um, the only thing I would caution you is that if you're going to take that romanticism back to the room, other people will be looking at night vision goggles <laughs> at night down there. So just just a word of caution. See, when you mentioned romantic, I thought you were going to talk about the free food at Sanaa because that's really what gets me going. But. I thought his warning was going to be that some of the animals occasionally get romantic as well, which I've been a witness to on a number of occasions. Um, and this is our final question of the debate, and it is for, for, uh, from you, Gary, for Scott, I believe. Yes. Scott, as you mentioned in an earlier answer, uh, actually, it was one where you basically dodged my question, but that's okay. <laughs> you said that Riverside has the Sasagula Riverboats and downtown Disney, a.k.a. Disney Springs, as one of its greatest amenities and its closest in its proximity to that. Um, I counter that by saying the Savannah and all the different Savannahs at Animal Kingdom Lodge in general and Kadani. Uh, specifically would be the equivalent to that in the amenity reasons. Uh, basically, tell me why the Sasagula Riverboats and Downtown Disney beats out the Savannas. To me, I, if I want to go to Disney Springs and not, especially right now, not have to deal with the traffic and the construction, I'll almost always go to Riverside. One, just to walk around that resort because of how beautiful it is. And there's nothing quite as relaxing as getting on the Sasagula Riverboat and taking that nice ride down to Disney Springs, um, even if it's just to go down there and come right back. I mean, that's, to me, it's a, it's a great amenity just to have that, you know, even if it's not going to Disney Springs, but just staying on the boat. Mike, you want to rebut that? Sure. I mean, the uh, I can't deny that the boat is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for a good boat ride, but there are plenty of boat rides um, throughout Disney World, whether it's the Wilderness Lodge, whether it's the Contemporary Resort, whether it's um, you know some of these uh, Old Key West takes a, takes a boat down to Disney Springs. So there are other places where you could do that. Uh, there are only two resorts that you can actually sit on your deck and watch giraffe or uh, blessed bok antelope or you know African crown cranes, and that's Kadani Village and Jumbo House. So I thought you were going to say All Star Music was the second. Sorry. <laughs> So, so um, that's why I would prefer Kadani Village. I mean, there are plenty of places to get a boat ride. As much as I like a good boat ride, um, there are other places for that. 
And uh, before I let you guys uh, have your closing statements and make your final arguments as to why your particular resort is better, Gary, I, I wanted to get your feeling on how you think the two of them did um, and how... Uh, well, should we do our closing arguments first? Uh, all right, all right. I'll let you do the closing <laughs> arguments first. I thought maybe I'd give you a chance to think about it a bit, but since you don't want that, then we can yeah, do your you closing arguments. If you give Mike any sort of ammo or anything, that's just going to feed for his uh, his final talk. There. Excellent so let's, point. Let's not do that one. Now, who's, to, who's supposed to do the first. closing argument for Mike? Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, well, I, Scott went first on opening, so I suppose I should go first on closing. Um... You know, the the resort that is Kidani Village is just, I think, probably the best one on property. I mean, I know there are people who love Polynesian and Wilderness Lodge, but Kidani Village is just amazing. It has Sanaa. It has all that free stuff to do. It has, um, the, of course, the animals and the wonderful pool. And it also has maybe the best background music loop in Disney World. I mean, just to sit in the lobby, enjoy the background music loop is just amazing. The King's Library is such a nice little corner. There's all these little spots at Kadani Village, the little uh, area where you can watch the Okapi. And there's just a wonderful resort to stay in. And you can, as I said in one of my answers, you could easily spend a you know a long weekend at Kadani Village and never leave the resort and have a wonderful time. And Scott, your closing argument. When you look at the two of them, Riverside has what you consider a true resort lobby. It's got an actual gift shop that's not going to be focused on little groceries for you to have for your DVC room. You've got Yeehaw Bob Entertainment. You know, they're in the lobby itself. You've got a restaurant, quick service and sit down. Uh, you've got everything located in, in essentially one resort where Kadani, you're, you're going to have to go between Jumbo and Kidani. Uh, and to save yourself two, three, four hundred dollars a night, to essentially have that deluxe feeling, um, save that money for the parks or your resort ticket. Now, Gary, my question for you. The debate is finished. All the <laughs> questions have been answered. Do you feel like, well, first of all, did you, did, did you have an opinion on this coming in? And do you feel it's been changed at all? Um, I did, and it has slightly okay explain okay do you want me to tell you what my opinion was coming in absolutely okay i (laughs) basically what scott was arguing for is what i agreed with just as a matter of practicality the money i couldn't justify a stay at kidani based on price and for what you get at port orleans riverside it is basically a deluxe at moderate pricing in my opinion. However, there was free food mentioned for Kadani Village. <laughs> and Scott made no mention of that. And my opinion did change a little bit. Um, but in seriousness, I think both guys made very convincing arguments. And it's to choose between these two resorts on their own face value is basically... It comes down to who is staying there. Like Mike said, if you're doing a weekend getaway for adults, then Kadani Village is probably the perfect place. If you're doing a family of five where you can stay in one room together at that rate, well, then you have Dixie Landings that takes a cake for that. So it's really hard to decide just on face value saying which is better because they both have incredible aspects to them. I think all four of us can agree on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I'll say in, in, in my respect, obviously um, I had a preference going into this um, for Kidani Village. I've said that many times in the show. Um, Scott did not change that, yeah, or that <laughs> in one iota, but he didn't have a chance to do it anyway. No. There, That wasn't going to happen. Um, however, I must applaud, applaud Scott because Mike is a board-certified master debater. And, um, yes. I've and, seen the certificate. Yes, and Scott not only held his own, he, he, he really knew how to pull a couple of very sly little slaps in there, a couple of little punches now and again. He knew how not to answer a question that wasn't really a good question not to answer. You know, I, I, I'm, Scott, I, I, my hat's off to you. You did a fantastic job holding your own there in that debate. In fact, I would think if, just on 
on debate quality, I, I, I'd make you the winner. Now, maybe it's just because our <laughs> expectations were a little higher. You know, it's the old Sarah Palin effect. Everybody thought that, uh, you know, she wasn't going to do well. But you, 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 certainly, you certainly did a heck of a job there. I, I got to applaud you for that for sure. Well, thank you. Like you said, it didn't didn't make my job easier going to get someone that does this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and I also must say, the way the two of you threw away the name thing like that was just shameful. But we'll have that discussion some other time. Uh, <laughs> Well, that is it for today's show, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. You will both be back for our second debate, correct? Yes. And thanks once again. You can find myself on Twitter at Radio Harambe. Mike is at Jumbo Everyone. You can find our website, jumboeveryone.com. Go there, browse around, find our Animal Kingdom merchandise, unofficial Animal Kingdom merchandise there. You can learn about uh, the conservation partners that we're looking to help as well. Um, I guess that's it. I think we've done it all here for Safari Mike, for Scott, for Gary. I'm Dave McBride, Quaharini. Go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. I'm a little bit.